This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Lord, you've been so good to me. Woo, so good. Lord, you've been so good to me. As God continues to bless us, guide us, and keep us, we continue to trust him with all of our hearts, leaning out to our own understanding. We do remind us of the NAACP meeting that will be on today at 4 p.m., and it will be at First African Baptist Church of East Savannah. First African Baptist Church of East Savannah as we celebrate, continue with our Black History Month. Our scripture today, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Epistle of James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. James 1, 2 through 4. And it reads... Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Our subject on today, how can we count it all joy. How can we count it all joy? Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we ask right now in a special way that you speak to us. We, your servants, open our ears that we may hear, our minds that we may understand, our hearts that we might believe. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. We love you, God. We thank you, God just for being God all by yourself. Now in this precious moment, speak to us that we may hear, that we may follow, that we may do your will. And we give you all the praise, give you all the honor, give you all the glory. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For we know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Everybody has problems. few things you can say about everybody. I mean, sometimes you can't say, you can say some people, almost everybody, but everybody has problems. As someone has said, everyone has a problem, is a problem, or lives with a problem. And our problems vary in severity, different types of problems, different problems. Some Financial problems, 
health problems, problems in relationships, uh, also problems that deal with guilt or depression, temptation, failure, stress, you name it. Just, just all kind of different problems. Not that I want you to focus this morning on your problem, because somebody said, I was feeling better. Now I'm thinking about that problem again. But I want us to understand that we as Christians are not exempt from painful problems. And often, we may have more problems because we are Christians. What do you mean by that? Because we are saved, and because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the evil one tries to derail our spiritual lives. As a Christian, there are targets on our backs. We attract attacks. Let me say it again. If you're saved as a Christian, as Christians, we attract attacks. <laughs> We're saved in an unsaved world. And the unsaved can't understand why we who are saved care about them being saved. We, we, we set ourselves up for trouble because, because the fact that we are saved and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know that we are commanded to love others in such a way that we want them to be saved so we end up being in conflict with those who are wondering why in the world you care about me. Why are you trying to get me to be saved? If we're really doing the work that God has called us to do, he tells us that we will have those enemies, we will have those people. There's enmity because the one who does not want them to be saved is working on them not to be saved and will push us to not to want to have them to be saved. We'll say, well, just let them, let them be. I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be bothered with that. You know, they don't want Jesus, fine with me. <clears throat> but that's not how God has wired us. If we have the Holy Spirit living in us and guiding us, we are wired to do what we can to help those who are not saved to be saved. So we put ourselves in a position that just doesn't seem like it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to them, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. We are in the midst of a war, a war that doesn't seem to make sense. Fighting the very people we are seeking to help. And what's even crazier than that, we are fighting ourselves. I, I don't mean not among ourselves, but ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. I'm fighting me. And you fighting you. H have you ever heard it said before that we are our own worst enemies? Repeat after me. I am fighting and say your name. I am fighting Thurman. No, 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 no. Everybody, repeat after me and say your name. I am fighting Thurman. Yeah, somebody didn't do it yet. I want you to say, I am fighting and call your name. Let's go ahead. I am fighting Thurman. 
Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 19 says, Paul is, is writing, and he's, he's talking about himself, but it speaks for us. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I'm fighting against me. So let me ask this question. When you fight you, who wins? <laughs> we are constantly at war and attacked daily. Seeing that we are at war and attacked daily, let's look at what it is that we can do to see how we can count it still all joy. First, we need to have faith. We have been, are being, and will be attacked by the forces of evil. Let me say it again. We have been, we are being, and will be attacked by the forces of evil. That's just life. Look, 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 look for it. It's going to happen. But be encouraged. There's some good news. God has not forsaken you. He's just preparing you so you can count it all joy. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. John 16, 33, Jesus says these words, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus says, in this world you shall have tribulation, but as King James says, be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. In this epistle, this letter, this book, this book in the Bible that's written by James, the brother of Jesus. We don't talk much about Jesus' brothers, sisters, but Jesus was the firstborn of Mary. Mary also had other children, Joseph. And if anyone knows what it's like to be in the shadow of a sibling, if anyone knows what it's like to have family issues. I believe James is one who could speak to that. Talking about suffering and persecution. Can you imagine just being the brother of Jesus? I, I mean, I mean you, you, you can just imagine it. I mean, how many times do you think James heard, why can't you be like your brother? 
I mean, just, just, just imagine, just imagine, you know, your brother walk on water. Your brother turned water into wine. Why can't you be like Jesus? And we know that there was a period in time that, that his family was questioning what he's doing. Jesus even said one time, he said, no, 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 my, my family are just those who believe, those who follow what I say, those who do what the Father has told us to do. There were times when he was, was strange. So I can see as James is writing, he's writing from experience. He's writing from hurt. He's writing from what he has done through. Now he believes. At this point when he's writing this, now he believes he's faithful. He's following his brother. He's following what the Lord is telling him. But look at what James says to us in James 1, 2 and 3. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Your faith in God will be put to the test. Your faith in God will be put to the test. Hmm. Can you pass the test? Do you truly trust God? What you believe will be put to the test. Now I need you to say with me. Thank God. Y'all don't get it yet. Let me do it again. What you believe, your faith will be put to the test. Not might be. Not, not it looks like some kind of way in the future something might happen. No, your faith, what you believe, your trust in God, your faith will be put to the test. Praise God. He said it again. The fact that your faith will be put to the test, we can all say, Lord, I thank you. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, don't, I don't look forward to tests. In school, I just, I, not, not tests. How, how many of y'all look forward to tests in school? Y'all just can't wait for a test. Y'all just love tests, right? No, no, no. Okay. Two of them, the rest of them saying, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't really look, as, and, and especially it's a, the surprise test. You that quiz you didn't look for, they didn't tell you about. All of a sudden, here's a test, and you wouldn't study, you're not prepared for it, you didn't know it was coming, you didn't read the assignment, and now you have the test. Yeah, but we can count it joy because, yeah, we have tests. What are you talking about? Well, second point. Just take the test. We're so busy trying to avoid tests that we miss the joy of taking the test. Testing produces steadfastness. Testing produces what we need to make it in life. Testing gives us what we need to not only be successful, but to be truly faithful. We need the test. All right. You said, I don't quite get it. I don't get it. Some folk are tested more than others. Because some folk need to be. I wish y'all could see this like I see it. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the test that you're going through 
you need to really make up your mind to say, Lord, I thank you. See, you, you think it's a real test, it's a terrible thing. Why are they testing me like this? Why is this going on in my life? Why my life like this? Why my life like that? The reason you're going through what you're going through is right here in this text. It helps us. It helps us. I, I want to use another translation just to help us see it a little better. I'm going to use the NL, NLT, New Living Translation, James 1, 2, and 3. It says, when trouble of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let me put it another way. In other words, saying the test gives you an opportunity to have a testimony. Yeah, yeah. When you're going through what you're going through, it's literally what it takes to build you up to where God wants you to be. What if we had a different mindset about the things we're going through? And what if we could just thank God for every issue that we went through that we thought was negative and we actually could tell God we're grateful and this really is positive because we're growing through it. Sometimes... The reason we have to keep going through the same old test day in and day out is because we don't pass that test. You, 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 why would you move on and how could you move on? Now, I know sometimes they say in school we got social promotion so people can graduate from college and don't know how to read. I, I get that. But that's not how it works in God's language. No, 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 no. no you, the test that he had before you is a test that you have an opportunity to trust God more in it, to get what God wants you to get through it, and to become who God wants you to become. This talks about how this testing helps us to grow toward perfection. It helps us to be mature. If we keep failing the test and keep being immature, you're going to keep getting the same test over and over again. You think it's them. You think they're the problem. You think they need to change their ways. You think they need to, they, all them, all them need to get it together. All of them ain't got any sense. And all I'm looking at you like, whoa, what's wrong with you? But God loves us so much that he allows us to go through the test and he lets us take the test over again. And you could take it over again. Some folk been taking the same test for the last 30, 40 years. But he gives an opportunity to pass the test while the blood is still running warm in our veins. What a mighty God we serve. We've come dressed in African attire to remember and to commemorate those who were stolen from their homeland, who came to this land. Uh, uh, they, didn't, they didn't come over here saying, you know, seeking the passage to come over to America. They didn't buy a ticket and get on a cruise ship to come over to, to visit this new land. They were enslaved, whipped, beaten, forced to do work for no wages. They came and they found themselves here in this land, found them in this city, found them in this nation, found them in a predicament and, and is so grateful that we can look back at what they have gone through, the tests they have gone through, the things they had to endure in order for us to have the things that we have today as descendants of those who came.
A people who trusted God in the midst of what they went through. A people who trusted God, a people who loved God, a people who knew that they would do what God would have them to do and they would go through what they went through so we could have a better future on today. They did it for you. They did it for me. They did it for us. Can you see? This is one thing we could do that many others really can't do. We could actually sit here and look around at what those who were enslaved did. Yeah, yeah, we, we come dressed to commemorate and to remember their suffering as they came to this land. And as they came, they came trusting God. Well, some folks said, you know, no, they came. They, they didn't know God when they got here. They had to take on the white man religion, all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Now, just, 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 just by perusing the Bible, you could take a look at the Bible and you could look in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, you'll see that, that there was an Ethiopian eunuch that uh, was asked the question, Philip, and they were beginning to discussing about the book of Isaiah. And as they discussed the book of Isaiah, he said, well, who are they talking about that he was a lamb before slaughter? Who, who are they talking about? He said, well, they're talking about Jesus. He said, really? And, well, what is it? and after he finished discussing with him about Jesus, he said he wanted to have the Jesus. And he said, well, he said, you need to be baptized. And here they are in a place where there is no water. But while they're in the chariot, they look and say, wait a minute, there's some water. And he took him and he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch went back to Ethiopia. Y'all to Africa, y'all. To the queen. And he went back there. Now, this is Acts chapter 8. When, when he went back to the queen and all this, I just want to bring you to, to a little fact that in Acts chapter 9, yeah, Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch goes back to Ethiopia, saved, baptized, and now he's back. And now in Acts chapter 9, we find somebody named Paul, whose name was Saul, on the Damascus Road. And on this Damascus road, he hears the voice, and he's knocked off his beast, and, and he begins to, well, and, and, and he then turns from Saul going into Paul, and now he becomes the apostle Paul, but, but at that moment in chapter 9, he literally, he literally begins to find out who Jesus is. He goes to hear, and, and hear what Cornelius has to begin to hear about who Jesus is. He accepts the Lord, and then he has to learn for years who Jesus is before he goes to places like Rome. But, but, but before he goes to for Italy. Yeah, before he goes to all of Europe. Before he begins to spread this good news to those in you. So Europeans could not have told the Africans about who Jesus is. I, I, sometimes, sometimes we can't get, get caught up in that. So we understand that our people, our forefathers, when they built this, I really believe that as Andrew Cox Marshall preached about wanting to have a brick church, and he wanted to have it because they were in Yamaka, but they wanted to have a brick church. They had a wooden building, but they wanted to have a brick church. And he preached for 44 years. He passed for 44 years. And then upon his dying, the next pastor, Campbell, came in and actually built the building we're in now. Dedicated in 1861. Built 1859. Dedicated 1861. 1861, they were enslaved. But let me say this to you. I do believe that one of the messages that Andrew Cox Marshall must have preached, that you must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Yeah, yeah, Matthew 6, 3. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All what things? All the things you desire, all the things you want to have. If you trust God first, put God first. He'll take care of all the stuff you want to do. If you, if you, listen, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's why people who were enslaved could take some of the money that they possibly could have purchase their freedom or the freedom of their children and they would take that money and pull it together and would build a sanctuary unto God putting God first putting God before their freedom putting God first because they trusted that God would do what he said he would do and then they build a sanctuary and dedicated 1861 and less than two years later President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation they were able to have their church they were able to have the sanctuary and they were able to get their freedom as well. Put God first. They had a faith. They were tested. They trusted God by faith. Went through everything they had to go through. That we today could be here sitting in this auditorium, sitting in this sanctuary, sitting on this spot where they did all the work and they had to do it by night because they had to work during the day. They had to build this building by bonfire, by any other light they could get at night after working all day. Oh, what a faith. So we wear our African attire to commemorate those who suffered for you and for me. Oh, oh, it goes on. Everything else that happened in this building, we go out through the civil rights movement, Dr. Ralph Gilbert, and all the other things that happened. But it was happening so they could have a better day. Their faith was tested. They had to trust God in the midst of what they were going through. They didn't give up on God even though it wasn't going what, how they thought it ought to go. Even though other people might have been evil. Even though they thought other situations might have been bad. But let me tell you why he said to us. The fight isn't finished. There's a target on us. We have what we have to do. We don't just sit back in a nice and comfortable building. We don't just sit back and say, oh, look at what they've done. We don't have anything to do. No, God is using us right now to be faithful in helping the next generation, to helping the generation that's still with us now. We have work to do also. We still have much work to do to be free, to be free economically, to be free in so many different ways in our lives. But we have to trust God in order to get there. With a target on us, we are told to stand in the midst of attacks. But don't just stand. We have to stand fully dressed. What do you mean, Pastor? Ephesians 6, 11, 13 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Let me pause right here and say, sometimes we get it confused. Sometimes we, we can't quite understand what God is saying to us. Sometimes we waste too much time fighting the wrong thing. Woo! Sometimes you waste too much time fighting the wrong people. What people should we be fighting, my brothers? What people should we be fighting, my sisters? What people should we be fighting? I'll tell you right now. None. The Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I didn't write this. 
We wrestle not against flesh. When you say, that's my problem, she's my problem, he's my problem. I can't stand her, I can't stand him. God tells us, no, 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 get rid of that. There are, all of us are being working under forces that are keeping us in a war. But if we trust God and do it his way, if we love like God wants us to love, if we care like God wants us to care, if we do what God wants us to do, he's telling us we'll be victorious in the fight. That's why we're going through what we're going through. That's why we're suffering like we're suffering. That's why we have the trials we have and the tribulation we have. That's why we're going, that's why we're going through the test. But going through the test will help us to be able to stand. Woo! Why? Lastly, why? Why should we stand? Why should we go through the test? Why should we just re re receive the test and say, Lord, I thank you that you're testing me. Oh, I know you're saying, I know he's testing me. I know she's testing me. I know they're testing me. These kids testing me. These parents testing me. I know we're going through all that kind of stuff. But you say, Lord, I thank you that you're putting me in the midst of this so I can grow, so I can get to maturity. Well, why do you want to do all that? Lastly, because better is on the way. Better is on the way. Our four parents went through what they went through so we could be in a better predicament. We didn't suffer like they had to suffer. We didn't have to get whipped. We, we don't have to work without wages, even though we may complain about the amount of wages we work for. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. But they're going to pay you something. <laughs> we didn't suffer the way they did. But we can help one another. We can love one another. We can do what God has called us to do. We can finish the test by faith. So how can we count it all joy? James 1 and 12 puts it this way. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. In other words, when we're going through the test and you can hang in there, when you're going through the test and you can still say, Lord, I love you. When you're going through the test and you don't get in such a predicament that you give up on what God is seeking to do in your life and with your family and in your situation. If you could go through the test and look to the hills from where come with your help, knowing all your help come from the Lord. If you could just go through the test, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. All he's telling us to do is if we love him, then we begin to love one another. If we love him, we'll trust him with everything we have. If we love him, we'll look unto him as the author and finisher of our faith. If we love him, no matter what we go through, we can go through it with joy. We can go through it with peace. We can go through it knowing that everything will be all right because God is still in charge. We must remain faithful to God during trials. Because if we're faithful to God during the trials, he will bring us the blessing, the reward of eternal life that God has promised to those who belong to him. In the book of Revelation, Jesus encouraged suffering Christians. Notice what he says in the last part of Revelation 2 and 10. He says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He's saying if we hang in there, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're going to have tests. 
Oh, yes, we're going to have troubles. Oh, yes, things are not going to go like they think we ought go. Yes, it's not going to be the way I think it ought to be. But can we trust God enough to know that God is in charge and all things work together for good for those who love God? Can we believe and we know that all things work together? Yeah, for the good of those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. No matter whatever else you do, don't give up on loving God. Whatever else you do, don't give up on trusting God. Whatever else you do, don't give up on having faith in God. Knowing that if you can trust him, if you can love him, if you can believe in him, if you know that God has your front, God has your back, God has your up, God has your down, God has everything around you. You know not that everything just will be all right. You know that everything is is all right. Oh, I love the song, and we sang it all month long, but I want you to hear it again and know how God is moving in our lives. A song that we have begun to call. It wasn't called the National Black Anthem. It wasn't made to be that, but it was written these words. It says, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven rings. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dog pairs. Sing a song full of the faith that the dog pairs has taught. Sing a song full of the faith that the dog pairs has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod. Bitter the chastening rod. Felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Did you hear that? Felt in the days when hope was aborted. Mm. When hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat. Have not our weary feet come to the place from which our father sighed? We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out from a gloomy past. What kind of past have we had? Out from a gloomy past. Look back at slavery. Out from a gloomy past. Look at segregation. Out from a gloomy past. Look at Jim Crow laws. Out from a gloomy past. Till now we stand at last. Where the bright gleam of our bright star is cast. Well, how do we make it? We had to turn to this one. God of our weary years. God of our silent tears. Thou who has brought us thus far on the way. Thou who has by thy might led us into the light. Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shattered beneath thy hand. May we forever stand. May we forever stand. True to our God. True to our God. True to our native land. Well, how can we be true? How can we hang in there? We can be true and we can hang in there because of what the Lord has already done. You might say, I don't know what he's done for me, 
I'm still in a jacked up situation. But you need to know how much God loves you. You need to know how much God cares for you. Well, how much does he love me? How much does he care for me? He came through 40 and two generations, went about doing good. Can you see out of all he did, folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. Let me pause right there to let you know Jesus was just being an example of what we ought to do. He was being an example of how we ought to live. He was being an example of how you win the loss to Christ. We got to follow Jesus. We got to love folk who don't love us. You got to do good to those who don't do good to you. You got to forgive folk who didn't ask you to forgive them. You got to forgive them and love them anyhow. That's what Jesus did. So he could go to the cross for all of your sins. So he could go to the cross for all of my sins. He was the perfect lamb that take away the sins of the world. They marched him up to Golgotha's hill, put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, with a crown of thorns on his head. And because he loves us so much, the Bible says he died. He died. He died for all of your sins, for all of my sins. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. The devil thought he had him. The grave thought he could keep him. He was in a borrowed tomb. It looked like all hope was gone. They're our Lord and Savior. They killed him. He's in the tomb. He's dead. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But somebody come and tell me what happened. What happened on that third day? The Bible says it was early. It was early. On that Sunday morning, he got up with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. He ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us, to direct us, to help us with every test we go through. The Holy Spirit will guide us through every trial and tribulation. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and let you know exactly what God wants you to do. When you get to every test, go ahead and be tested. But count it all joy. Go ahead and go through tribulation. But count it all joy. Go ahead and go through all the hard times. But count it all joy. Go through your financial difficulties. But count it all joy. Go through what you got to go through. But hold your head high. Throw your shoulders back and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Because you brought me not just a mighty long way. You brought me all the way. And I just got to tell the world, just got to tell the world, I serve a living Savior who's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say, I hear his voice of cheer. And everywhere I go, I tell him he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me. A long life now. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Can you go through the test? Can you say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. 
Lord, I thank you. Whatever it is, Lord, I thank you. The next test you have, before you get discombobulated, before you can't quite get through it, take time to say, Lord, I thank you for the test. Because the test will bring out the best in what you want me to do. What a mighty God we serve. There may be those today who want to get on a team that can be tested. There may be those today who said, I need the Lord in my life. We're extending you an invitation to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're not judging. Doesn't matter what you've done in life. Doesn't matter what other folk have said. Doesn't matter even if you think you haven't been where you ought to be. Doesn't matter if you think you haven't done everything you ought to do. God loves you. Let me say it again. God loves you. And God stands waiting for you to say, I stretch my hands to you. God is waiting on you to say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all. I, I, I need you in my life. If you're here today and you want to give your life to God, the Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, the word of God says you shall be saved. It's not about a whole bunch of other stuff that people might tell you you got to do and how you got to do it. Believe that God loves you and that Jesus died for your sins most great. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you're online or you're in the building, if you want to accept Christ, here's a prayer I want you to pray. If you believe this prayer and pray it, the Bible is clear. You shall be saved. You will have tests. You will have tribulation. But you have a God that's standing there with you to help you through everything. If you want to accept him, you can pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to thank God for you. If you're online, just go ahead and type the word saved, S-A-V-E-D. We'll contact you, get back in touch with you uh, about becoming, well, first of all, you are now a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're now a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you would like to be a member of First African Baptist Church, let us know if you're online, if you're in the building. If you'd like to be a member, just come down the aisles now. Give us your hand as you've already given God your heart. Won't you come? God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we love you, we adore you, magnify your name. Thank you for being a God who loves us, a God who cares for us. Thank you, God, for the tests that we go through, the trials we go through. Help us to lean and depend upon you, God not on our own understanding. Help us to love as you'd have us to love, to care as you'd have us to care, to do what you'd have us to do. 
And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.